Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown, well, well. ambition, 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 ambition. Hey. <laughs> Me and Mandy are both sporting high ponies because it just is what it is. Because it's been 111 degrees lately, and this is the only hairstyle that will do. That is my story. <laughs> I, love you in the, I love you pretty in pink. Oh, girl. Let me tell you something. There is this line. This is not an ad or anything, but like one of my friends, Nicole Walters, she's like one of my fave social media friends. She was wearing like this little sweat outfit. And I was like, sis, this looks like that could go from bed to around the house to the grocery store to like, and so it was super cute. Because they're like kind of the pants are kind of cropped, you know, gives a little booty lifted. All the things are cute. And so I'm like, yeah. where'd you get this from? She was like, um, Amazon. They're called Zessica. It's not a name brand or anything like that, but they're loungewear, but they're so cute. So I brought every single color available. Girl, I got pink. I have coral. I have blue. I have green. <laughs> I've got yellow. But I tell you, I know people are just so sick of me. Like, if she don't... Did she come wear that Zessica again? I am. Honestly, I love it. My, I love my the name family. Zessica. I know. It's like one of those random brands you see in like the shopping mall. Yes. You know, right, ne- right next to like Hot Topic or. Yeah. or but surprisingly, like I was like, is it going to be good quality? She was like, honestly, it really. And it is. It's like, I wouldn't suggest it for like middle of the summer because they're actually pretty thick. But yeah, the quality is great and it just feels so comfy on. And so it's because I was like, I really don't want to look super bummy at home because I feel bad. I'm like, you know, I do have a husband. And so I'm like, well, how do I be comfortable at home and not look crazy? But at the same time, you know, I'm not trying to wear stilettos. This is not the 60s, not the 60s. What was that? The 50s when women wore heels at home? The Destiny Child era? <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like, the husband would come home and you would have a red lip on with your, um, with yeah, your, you yeah. know, your mules. I'm like, ain't nobody trying to live that life. So I'm in Zessica and Superman is happy about it. <laughs> Man, whenever I want to look sexy, I just, uh, I get the garden hose and I ask Bay if he wants to wash the Tezzy. That's what I, that's how, that, we get, that gets him in the mood. He's like, yes, please, let's clean the car. What is it about yeah, men that's... cleaning cars? They love doing that. When I tell you. The number of times this man cleans that car, he probably washes the car more often than he bathes. Now, I don't want to go viral like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Like, we do shower here, okay? <laughs> but I will tell you, <laughs> that t- that car and even Rio's little play cars, they get more TLC than any other human or thing in this household. And he, it's like stress relief for him or... Or just, you know, it's like his meditative practice. Mm. It's fine. It's fine. There's way worse things he could be doing, I guess, right? than washing, than washing the, car. the car. Girl, yeah. please. But he he and Rio need their own. I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting it. I keep telling him, like, we need, y'all need their own. They need their own YouTube channel or TikTok really? channel where it's just him and Rio doing, doing like home improvement projects. Because Aww. every time Enrique, every time he's doing something, whether it's, you know, especially if it's putting together furniture, mm-hmm. Rio is right there. He knows how to use the little um, Allen Aww. wrenches. I he knows it. where the screws go. He loves taking things apart. And I'm just like, this is great, cute yes. content. <laughs> you know, he's like, shut up and go do your TikTok dances, Mandy. <laughs> so speaking of TikTok, I've decided. Hey! Now, that didn't don't last get, long. Don't, don't get too happy. Now, now here's the thing. I said, you know what? I'm not going to be doing no dances. I'm not going to be doing none. So I decided that, you know what? I am going to challenge myself to post something for the next 30 days every day. 
And so, but it's not, I mean, no, no tick, no music, no nothing. Literally, I pressed the button and I decided, you know what? What's going to be easy to do 30 days straight? I said, you know what? I'm actually going to tell the step-by-step -step story of how I legit became a millionaire. I'm showing so, you all the dances. Yeah, Tiffany, you're not, ready to we're, learn? Not, mm, we're not doing nothing. Literally, I woke up this morning and I told, I promised myself, I said, Tiffany, you're going to start TikTok today. I literally still had my, you know how you have your bed bun where you're like, this is where, how I wear my head to sleep, hair to sleep. I still had my bed bun on and my Target night dress on. And I was like, hey, I'm not coming to you, Q. I made myself a promise. I guess I'm trying to keep it. Let's talk about how I became a millionaire. What ifs? You know? <laughs> so I just like, you know, I'm just going to post the videos. I told myself I'm not, you know, like, but honestly, I, I just feel like, I don't know that I've ever told the story from like beginning to end because it's really only been like the last four years. I'm, I guess on paper, maybe I was a millionaire by maybe 35, 36, maybe because I never had the company evaluated, but I'm talking about like an actual, I won't say actual because, you know, but if I had to look at my actual money investments, like capital liquid millionaire, it was by 37 that I was able to look and say, oh, look, there's a million. And then by 38, more and more and more. And now I'm 41. So by 37, I became like a, there are seven figures I can visibly see, excluding homes and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and other assets. So I was like, you know, I never really told that story because that happened at 37, but by 33, I was still broke. So what happened in kind of like that four years and what led up to it? I was like, you know, I'm just going to literally, I'm just going to do it in one minute clips until the story is done. And then, you know, if I like it, maybe I'll stay. I thought you I said don't. that you didn't want Penguin to come talk to you anymore about books. I, I thought that you said that wasn't what you wanted. Anyway, I'm so excited because <laughs> first of all, it's kind of like, I want more. I just want more familiar faces on TikTok. Just more friends. It's nice. Like I want Sandy Smith on. I think Kevin uh, Building Bread. He would be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I feel he, like he is hilarious. Right. He has so many hot takes. But uh, no, I mean TikTok is great because I feel like you can be your full authentic self. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm excited. Let's play. Let's do Girl, what you want on TikTok. You don't even know what that is. You're like there isn't a filter, and I'm sitting there like it's right there. You have hundreds of filters, <laughs> Tiffany. I was like, I'm not even using you filters. Want? I was like, you want you alien know eyes? You, you gonna get sparkles. this like exactly how how God made me? I'm like, hey, it's me. I'm at the park. I'm sweaty. Listen. So let me finish the story. So literally, yes. yes. If you are on TikTok, what, we, what is your name on TikTok, Mandy? Mandy Money with three okay. A's. <laughs> oh, really? So M A A A N D I Money. Okay. Literally, because oh. I panicked because Mandy Money was already taken and Too she bad. hasn't posted, but like don't two you, things. And I was like, you. uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so mine obviously is the budget Nista. That's one thing I did do on TikTok when it was actually musically, I grabbed the budget Nista. And now does TikTok, yeah, I have Smart. the budget Nista. Mm -hmm. So I try you to do that. You are not going to catch Tiffany without yes. a domain or a social media handle. <laughs> Girl. So because what I try to do is any type of new thing that comes out, I go and grab the budgetista, even if I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be on here. But I'm like, but what I won't have you is on here besmirching the budgetista brand. So I just grab it to keep it. So if you guys want to follow along and learn literally how did I become a, a millionaire, especially how, like with having such hard times and then like, you know, and in four years, you know, turning it around, like what happened? Come follow you know, you can comment or whatever. I'm going to be there. You know. I found on my videos that I've been posting a lot about the power of quitting your job, a lot mm -hmm. about how I'm on my path to having a million dollar net worth. And it's been it's happened a few times now where someone's commented and they're all obsessed. Like, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? What was your job? And I'm like, journalism and marketing. And then one person responded and he said, well, this could never be true for teachers, you know. We hardly make any money as it is. And if you want to get paid more, it's really expensive degrees that stand in your way. And I, I hear that, but I also am like, Tiffany was a preschool teacher. Yeah. So, like, what you talking about? Honestly? But you, I mean, <laughs> I, that's a defeatist <laughs> attitude. It is. I, I, I understand why. Yes, of course. The point is, like, Tiffany, you didn't become a bajillionaire by continuing to teach preschool, but you know, you'd harness those skills and those teaching, you know, but that I teaching continue acumen. to teach. And you teach, yes, exactly. And I think you it's about like you broadened the concept of what teaching could look like. There you go. Exactly. And and you you made it almost like no one could ever think that a teacher could you know, reach the heights that you've reached, but you envision that for yourself and you created it. And I think that is what separates some people. You really have to unlearn that this idea, the box that you, you put yourself in and like mm -hmm. society puts you in as well. I, I'm telling you, it's true. Like it, I mean, and I'm not gonna pretend like it's not 
hard to do so. But one of the things like, you know, one of my goals for the last, like, since I came back for my six weeks really has been to expand my capacity. You know, it's almost like I had just done actually like, so on my, on my IG feed, um, I've got, you know, I do this thing called the budget needs to break down and that's like the most recent breakdown uh, video on my IG. It's like, um, expand your capacity. So how do you, so it's almost like you have this cup and this cup can hold eight ounces and that is the way you're thinking now, but you want to be able to hold 16 ounces. Well, it can't be the same cup because that cup is not going to hold more than eight. So unless you expand your capacity, get a new cup, you know, and, and introduce new ideas, new way of, new ways of thinking and navigating things, you will always only hold up to eight ounces. And so that's really the key. And it's, it's, a, it's hard, you know, because even me, so despite the fact that we hit $10 million last year, I still think I think too small, you know what I mean? Because like, um, I still feel like I have not widened, you know, the, my capacity for thinking beyond where I am now, because I will talk to someone else. And I'm just like, wow, I never thought about it that way. And I, I'm enjoying that. So I'm actually spending so much time now. I have shifted what I thought I should be as a CEO to something different. So in the beginning, it was a lot more hands-on because I had to be like, what's this? What's that? What about this? What about that? You know, like, no, 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 like this, like that. Like, so, but I have grown the team enough and the six weeks away has taught me to trust them enough that they got it. And I just kind of come in and make some changes. So my role as a CEO is to remove blockages and challenges. So let's just say, you know, the content team has been trying to reach out to somebody they want to partner with and the person's not responding. I'll just make a phone call and be like, sis, pick up your phone, you know? So I remove challenges. I set vision, you know, like here's the North Star, what we're headed toward. I also am in charge of company culture, you know, because that really does kind of trickle down from the top. But also something that I've incurred is that like, to me as a really good CEO, I have to be an amazing student. I've been doing a lot of studying, Mandy, a lot. I mean, I have been um, watching so many YouTube videos about creating, about investing, about anything I can think of, any kind of interest. I have read so many books. I just finished one, Atomic Habits Today. And I have, I'm going to read um, uh, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Um, I've been listening to so many podcasts. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're uh, getting some memoirs in there too. Yes. I no, love I love it. a good I memoir these memoirs. days. <laughs> but you know, like, I just feel like that's one of the best ways to increase your capacity is you have to interject new ideas and new ways of thinking and new people and, you know, and just, just new experiences into your life. So the gentleman who said like, yes, yes, maybe a school teacher may not be able to, you know, grow to, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And even that I don't believe, but teaching certainly when, if you can teach, do you understand how few people, like what a, what a highly monetizable skill set teaching is? Yo, if you can teach, you can like literally rule the world. And so like, I just challenge anyone who kind of feels like they're in a position or, you know, or, uh, any sort of position, yeah, that where they think that they're meant, they're what they can make is limited. I challenge you to be like, mm, I don't. That's not true. Let me find an example of what that where that's not true, and I'm an example where that's not true. Yeah, I'm really glad that I brought that up because I know I'm like Tiffany is <laughs> proof positive of this. But I love that, and I think I I think you only fail in life if you if you think you have it figured out, and if you think that you have nothing left to to learn and and there's no right way to learn either there's no right way to listen you just kind of have to find the stories that you know or access people either one-on-one -on -one or it can be podcasts you know i i personally listen to podcasts i watch a lot of um great documentaries and shows on tv and i love i love fiction and i love memoirs and i love talking to people about it and it, it's not like there's any one right path but it's like we're constantly students and i i think about michelle obama's memoir becoming and in the intro to the book she talks about why she named it becoming and she said it's because we're always becoming you know the next version of ourselves the 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 next layer of ourselves we're becoming that person every day we're in a constant it, nothing is finite nothing is final and i hope that brown ambition is a place where people feel like they can come and help their and help and we help them you know see a bigger vision of what their life can be as well and that's what it feels like to me for sure Mm -hmm. And also too, you know what I've been learning? Like a lot of what I've been learning, I was just talking to a friend of mine who has an online school. She also hit $10 million last year. Um, and then this year, 
I think she hit $10 million in her online school, but then she also trades. And so she made $10 million in trading. So 20 million, I believe. Right. So anyway, we were talking about that and how she was sharing how she went to this conference where she sat on this um, panel with some of the largest names in the creator space. And she just knew that these huge names got to be making 50, $100 million, something crazy. And she found that on that panel, she was like, not only was she making more than most, like almost everyone on that panel, they like, it's one thing to gross 10 million. It's another thing to net. So the difference y'all is gross is, oh, this is all we, you know, you get the complete bag. Net is after I pay all these expenses, what's left over. And she said that, you know, that there were people who maybe make eight or nine, but they were like, we're negative. We're not actually making any money. And she was so shocked because she just assumed I'm not famous. I'm not well-known. You've got millions of followers and you've got 20 million followers here and you've got this big platform here. And you mean to tell me you're in the negative? And she just couldn't believe, because I was telling her like, oh, you know, I really got to do better. She was like, girl, no, you are a freaking unicorn. Because I think last time I checked, our, our net was 46%, or 46% profit. So that means of the 10, you know, you get to keep 4.6 million, 4.8 million. So that's high for um, kind of any company. And so that was just like such an eye opener of some, you don't need to be as big as you think you need to be to be as successful as you'd like to be. It all depends on how you're measuring that success. Mm-hmm. And net is the key word here. Net, 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 net. Yes. Net worth, net proceeds, net profit. That's where it's really at. That's where the truth is. Because you can have like a highly actionized, like a, a community of uh, 100,000 that yields your business more than someone who has 2 million, 3 million followers and like nobody cares what they have to say. You know what I mean? People just follow, but they're not really like, they're not moved. And so like for me, like when I think of like my business girl crushes, um, one of them is um, Girl Trek. So if you guys are not familiar with Girl Trek, Girl Trek is a black uh, women's um, nonprofit. And the the premise of Girl Trek is to get black women out walking, trekking, right? And so Girl Trek, without any ads, as far as I could see, signed up like about 1 million women in about a year and a half, a year, year and a half to, to girl track. That's like incredible because you don't understand like everybody here, everybody spends so much money on ads for the most part. So I look at girl track and if you like, if you, I was just on TikTok to see this girl track have a TikTok, they do zero post. If you go to their Facebook, it's decent, but eh. If you go to their Instagram, okay, it's decent, but eh. They don't send out a ton of emails because I'm on the girl track email list. And yet they have been able to get this amazing, this like a million women to move, right? I remember they they did a partnership with like Oprah via WW. They did a partnership, I think, with like Walmart and Target. And you're like, so sometimes you can get so sidetracked by like the flashy that you see that you're missing out on the these real amazing lessons of like these diamonds. So to me, I don't look at none of the other stuff. I'm looking at so how does Girl Trek do this? I know I know both Morgan and Vanessa who are founders of Girl Trek, and that's another thing that I really enjoy with Girl Trek is that it's Girl Trek, not Morgan and Vanessa. Like I would love to be able to like really in the next five years, I want to fall off as Tiffany. I want like the new financial people. Like, oh, remember the budget Nisa when she was high? Oh, look at Tiffany, and I'm like, yes, I fell off. <laughs> I fell off, and you can't find me anywhere. And like the business is the face fronting thing. And so like, I just study like those types of brands. I think, I think we're in danger these days of like, kind of like giving all of our energy toward um, the things that look outwardly successful, but inwardly are really not. Yeah. Amen. Period paragraph. (laughs) If there's one takeaway from this show, let that be it. What you see is not the full picture. And that's why it's like, you see it, take it with a huge handful of salt. And then she said a handful of salt. It's supposed to be a grain of salt. (laughs) (laughs) Just salt day, salt day all over it. (laughs) Because it's just farce. I mean, I try to be so authentic on social media Mm -hmm. to the point where I have my screaming toddler sometimes on my TikToks while I'm trying to do it because I'm like, I need to do this TikTok and he's here. So this is what it's like to be a mompreneur. Meanwhile, he's like smacking my hand. I saw that when I loved it. I was like, that's why Rio, he was like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. I don't like it. I don't like it. I want to play. Just I I try to build so much. Yes, you have to. We just need more people authentic and sharing their journey. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you see people being successful, 
yay for you. Love mm-hmm. to see it. But you don't know the real real. You don't. Um, you only know what's happening in your own house. And that's where you have to focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think it is about those? Let's drill into that a little bit. Because okay. especially as you're, as you're looking at businesses that you see, you know, huge social media following. But is that mm-hmm. a business model versus good business model and maybe not so not such a huge focus on social media. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is about movements and, and businesses that separate those that maybe have, you know, one or the other? Well, I think that the difference between a huge social media following and someone that has a business that resonates, you know, cause you can have a huge social media following in a business that resonates. So for example, Tabitha Brown, right? Her book hasn't even come out yet. It's already like top 100 on Amazon. Her, her McCormick seasoning sold out in like 30 minutes. Right. So she has a, you know, uh, I don't know what her business model is, but let's just, you know, from the outside, successful business, huge following people move as a result of Tabitha, but she has both. And then you might have someone like, for example, like a Ray J no shade to you, Brandy's brother, but he, I've seen him post things and they'll say like, you know, it's, it's busted. Like no one, no one has purchased it. No one has moved. Although he's got more than a million followers. Right. And so the difference is trust. You watch Tabitha Brown and based on the things that she's sharing, you trust her. And so as a result, you move when she says to move. And so I look at Ray J. Now, I'm not saying no things, but if Ray J is telling me about a bank account, I don't care. If Ray J is telling me maybe about a music app, I might. Because I'm like, okay, he comes from a musical family. And so that when you build trust with your audience, you don't need as much audience as you think. Like, I mean, I know relatively speaking for most people, it might seem like I have this huge audience, but in the social media space, no. These like five-year-olds have like five million, you know, followers. Dogs. But, you know, literally an egg, an uncooked egg on Instagram has more followers. (laughs) But what I do have with my audience is trust. And especially in a space personal finance, where trust is not easily won or kept. And so as a result, you know, I don't need as huge of an audience because the one I do have moves. So trust is built with consistency. Trust is built with, do you say what you're going to do? Do you say what, you know, do what you said? And did you do it when you said it? Trust is built with transparency. Trust is built with genuineness and care. And so that's really the difference. Like when you hear Tabitha Brown speak, you trust her because she seems real. You know, whereas there might be a brand that like, you know, you follow for the, for the giggles, but you're like, "Mm, they're probably a liar, but this is fun. You know, like I'm not clicking on what they asked me to click on. And so just asking yourself, like, how can you increase the trust, the trust between you and your audience, wherever you currently are with your audience by being consistent, showing up. Like lately I've been doing these lives and I told myself, I don't look at the numbers anymore, but my sister was like, girl, have you noticed your lives are increasing? I'm like, huh? Because, you know, for my own mental health, like I, I talked, told Dr. Green, I love teaching. So she was like, but I'm like, but I don't like social media anymore. And she was like, well, why not just go on teach and come off? That's what I do. Like I, I actually add the app of TikTok on when I feel like doing a live. Cause maybe I got an amazing lesson or something came to me. I'll do a live. And then as soon as I go off, I, un, I take off TikTok, not TikTok. I take um, Instagram off my phone. So at first when I was doing lives, it was maybe like a month or so ago I started to do them and I got maybe like a, on average, 150, 150 people would show up and that number would maintain, you know, and then it crept up to 200 and now we're up to 450, 500 in a span of about a month and a half. I, I don't save them because quite honestly, like I don't want to upload them for later for critique or whatever. I just have a lesson that I want to teach, a jewel that I want to drop typically about business or personal finance. And then I like drop mic, I'm out. The people have been really loving them. And you know what it's been doing? It's been building trust. Because the other day, I didn't even talk about the book. I jumped off. I think someone said something like, oh, I have your book. And I was like, oh, thanks so much. I hope you're enjoying it. I jumped off. A few hours later, I looked on Amazon because I check my, my numbers, book sale numbers all the time. And I jumped like 500 spots. And I was like, what? I, didn't, I wasn't even selling the book, but no. It was because of that trust from that live and people were having such a good time. They said, what else does Tiffany have? And so like keeping that in mind, like, you know, if you're a business owner or just even like in your career that like it's trust is truly the commodity that you are in the business of, you know, if you can do that, then everything else becomes so much easier. Yeah, I think that's so true. And you've always talked about trust and and 
And I think as a black woman owning a business, and now that I'm building my own business too, I remember I think about what happens when a black business or a black anything, insert here, a black musician, black artist, black creator of any kind, you know, you are so supported by the community that you lean into, that you are speaking to. And then the star rises and then the the brand gets bigger. You become more noticeable. You're in rooms that don't look like, you know, your audience all the time. And I, I was thinking recently while I was taking my little girl trek walk earlier, four miles, <laughs> whatever. And I was thinking about the Shea moisture controversy mm. when they sold Shea moisture to, mm. what was it, Sundial, which owns mm-hmm. L'Oreal and a bunch of other brands. And they had that really tone deaf commercial uh, and, and, and shit hit the fan. And it was like, you know, black women, especially I, and I personally also took a little bit personally because you feel like this was for us. It was our thing. It was, it was for our texture. It made our hair, you know, it gave us a safe space in the, in the, in the drugstore to get a product that we knew Mm -hmm. was made for us. And then it became everyone else's and look what's happened to it. It broke trust. (laughs) It broke trust. And I think it's really important even and I and I don't I'm not saying this to say that I worry about Tiffany like I, not at all I think that you're so in tune with your audience and you care about them so much that that wouldn't happen but I especially I mean look at Brown Ambition when we joined a network I think that you know there's a little bit of fear okay they're working for a network now it's not just Tiffany and Mandy anymore mm-hmm. but we are still here in it mm-hmm. you know on every email chain making every decision about mm-hmm. who we who who sponsors us who doesn't who's the mm-hmm. guest who's not the guest and that I think helps continue that trust and we have to continue thinking about that it gets harder to do when Mm -hmm. the money gets bigger and the opportunities get bigger probably and i'll say this one of the ways that like how i've been able to navigate is well one you have to get clear like me and mandy are very clear on we've had the conversation over and over who are we speaking to and why that's one so you have to get clear on like what's your north star and then two what honestly helps is that you have some, and you might not always be able to do this, but you have some underlying other things, meaning that we can say no to money now and wait, hold out for what we really, what we really want, you know, because we're, this money, we don't live and die by this, the, the, you know, what's happening now that we'll play the long game, you know? And so with budget Nista, it wasn't always so, cause I was definitely broke in the beginning. But what I used to say was like, Ooh, I can say yes to this, even though it's not in alignment or I can babysit and tutor and wait until something's in alignment. So I always made sure that like, and from the very beginning, I said to myself, Tiffany, you're going to have to create a way that income comes in that is not in aligned with, with not aligned with anything else other than delivering to the audience. Cause it keeps you honest. So now when a brand, like you should see me on my lives, I'm wild. Sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I'm glad I don't save it. Cause I'll be like, these brands, a couple. <laughs> right? these brands can kiss my behind. And you know what they do? They love it. Oh my God, Tiffany, you're so authentically black. I'm like, get out of my inbox. Get out of my <laughs> inbox. You know, cause you know what I know why? Because 80 to 90% of that $10 million came directly from the audience. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. As long as I'm in alignment and I pour back into the very people that I have said that I'm going to serve, I don't ever have to worry. There's not a brand. I've had brands say to me, I mean, there was one brand in particular, I won't say <laughs> it was a big bank. Mm-hmm. You can't run. You know, I know that's a little hint. Anyway, they wanted me to do something and I was like, nah. And the guy actually wrote back, we work with people bigger than Tiffany. I was like, ooh, you mad? <laughs> we work with people bigger than Tiffany. And something he said, and I was tempted to be like, sir, why are you in my inbox wasting my time? But I didn't. I just was like, oh, delete. But here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if you want to offer me 100000 I don't care if you want to offer me $1 million. I don't care if you want to offer me $10 million. I can make that myself. You can kick rocks. The better I am to my community, the, the better my business is. And so if you develop your business on that kind of foundation, and it might be slow in the beginning. Remember I told y'all that I didn't really, I got to millionaire status. I'm talking about capital liquid millionaire status at age 37, but at 33, I was broke. Right. So it took a long time. 33 was like, oh my gosh, ever gonna 34. I started a little, a little peak, 36, and then it finally hit. But you see, it's so much better this way because literally there's nothing that I have to say yes to. 
Nothing. I always ask myself, is this an alignment? Is this how you want to go? Is this good for the audience? Does this feel right? I'm not going to sell. Like someone just offered me a ton of money to sell some crappy um, payday loan. It's a different type of payday loan. I was like, oh, take this and shove it. Like, you know, <laughs> if they know some, who you are. They're always offering me. I'm telling you now, my con- most of my contracts now are six-figure contracts. And so I probably say no to about seven figures a year, you know, but, and I'm okay with that, you know, doing that because I always said the money was, I needed enough to be safe and secure with my family and we're here now. And so oftentimes I let go of the money just to, just to make sure that like, you know, I've, I'm, I'm working from a place of, you know, what I really believe to be right and true. I want to be able to sleep well at night. Like one of my companies makes seven figures a year and I don't take any money from that. Instead, I use it to hire more women that look like me on purpose. And I told the team that the other day, they're like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm like, I could be making an additional, an additional million dollars a year in take-home pay a year. And I have said no to that because I want you to be able to work here because I know where you worked before, they mistreated you. I know that where you worked before, they didn't care about your, your, your feedback. I know where you worked before, you know, they, they took your ideas and pretended it was theirs. So as a result of that, I will relinquish this million dollars a year for my family and I, but I expect excellence from you that I want you to come to the table with the best that you have in you. And I don't, I don't accept any excuses for excellence. Excellence just means doing your best. And so in doing so, there is no brand that could come to me that could tempt me with anything. I'm like, sis, I say no to a million dollars for my own damn company. I don't give a damn about your credit card. That's you said it's gonna make me rich. I'm already rich. <laughs> Mandy's like, that's a lot. I'm back. Bye. That's, just, that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. No, sometimes like, I'm just on one today because a brand pissed me off today. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I hope they listen. Aww. I love a <laughs> Tiffany rant. I got nothing to say. <laughs> listen, money is freedom. Don't let them tell you that money cannot buy you happiness. It can buy you a lot of things that make you happy. And one of them is freedom of choice. And I think mm-hmm. that's what Tiffany is demonstrating. Okay. <laughs> so take your payday loans and your credit cards. And, and be it. gone. And, sho- <laughs> and shove it. Oh, that was good. All right. Should we do a little brown boosty breaky? Yes, we should do a, a boosty breaky. <laughs> hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know, we work hard and we play hard. But when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment automated investment and savings app can help it do keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what, 
I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology, it's going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. And now it's time to boost a break or boost a break or boost a break. Boost break. <laughs> uh, are you going to boost or are you going to break, Mandy? I am going to do a boost and a break. Okay. I'm buying myself time to come up with both of them. <laughs> but well, looky here. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think like, I know, like I had a boost break, but I forgot in my head, in my head, where did it go? I will boost for, um, so I don't know if you heard the story of um that podcast called Call, Call Me Daddy, Call Her Daddy. I've heard of it, but I haven't listened to it. So, um, no, like really the, the story is just really interesting of like what, it hap- what happened. It was these um, two young women that like, I think it's called Call Me Daddy. Call Call Me Her Daddy. Daddy, I think. So we have this podcast. Well, I don't have this podcast, but it's called Call Her Daddy. And um, it was just a really interesting story of how it all went down. But so it was these two girls that started this podcast. They, you know, one thing you learn is that, you know, um, my my mentor always t- reminds me that greatness is polarizing meaning that they were really outlandish and like, you know, crazy while talking about everything, which is awesome. And so they partnered with a um, a podcast company called, oh, yo, my brain is really like, I feel like it has something to do about beer, their podcast company. Sarah, Sarah, what podcast company did call her daddy? <laughs> Barstool. You see, I said beer, Barstool. but I was like, you see how my mind works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so call her Keep daddy. Going. <laughs> call her daddy. Partners. We're with on the Barstool. ride now. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I'm gonna turn this ride around. We gonna we'll get back on track. And so they partnered with Barstool, and as a result, you know, they really blow up. Like they went from twelve thousand downloads a month to two two million, and it's doing really well. Um, they decide that they're going to renegotiate after a year. Um, renegotiate the terms of their contract. They were being paid seventy thousand dollars base and then a percentage of merch sales and percentage of um ads. And so they renegotiate, renegotiate, renegotiate. But one of the things that they negotiate for is um ownership of the IP, the intellectual property of Call Her Daddy. And at first the answer was no, 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 no. And but they fought for it. And one of the girls, I guess she wanted to go a different way, ended up leaving. But the girl who stayed, she got her IP. She got to keep Call Her Daddy. And recently, you know, she just got bought by um, Spotify for $60 million. And I guess really the boost for- I know. I guess really the boost for me is like the power of ownership. Now you can't always own everything all the time, you know, but sometimes creatives, you know, sometimes when you're starting a business, sometimes when you're doing whatever it is that you're creating, you know, in the beginning, you're so eager to make the money or get put on that you can easily um, give away your power by giving away your ownership. I remember uh, I read this thing, like it was a podcast, something where Nas was on. And he said, one of the things that Prince told him was like, own your rights, own your publishing, own your, there are people who don't own those things. From my understanding, like Mary J. Blige, for example, as much money as she's made, I read somewhere that she still owes the record label $25 million. And she, it's hard for her to make that money back because she doesn't own the rights to her own songs and things. And so- Ownership is key because you can have someone that's not as popular as a Mary, but because they have ownership, they are still making more, you know, because every dollar, they have a a greater take of every dollar that comes in. And so I just, just was thinking about that, that how important ownership is. And with all these new amazing creators that are coming out, I hope that they're just keeping that in mind, that like ownership you're not, you're not always able to keep everything, but like, so for example, like, um, books, right? So I traditionally published, I don't own, like I own the basic copyright for like the words and things I wrote them, but I don't really own the book. Like I can't take this book and sell it myself. Penguin owns it. 
But I knew that like that was a trade-off for me because I knew in order for me to get on the New York Times bestsellers list and to do what I needed to do to take the budget needs to the next level, I was willing to give that up. But I still am able to self-publish my own books on my own if I decide to move forward. Sorry, Penguin, if that's what I decide, that's what I'm going to do. But I also, too, uh, um, a publishing company had asked to buy Molly Moore. Um, I think it was um, was Simon & Schuster. So they wanted to buy Get Good With Money. But they also wanted to buy Molly Moore. And I said, no. Matter of fact, fact, I said, hell no. Because my plans for Molly are different. And so if I forecast forward, I want to maintain ownership of of Molly Moore. Um, And if a production company just reached out to buy it for me, I said, no. Because I have a longer, like this book was like, I need to give something amazing to my audience. Here's a guide. I want to get on New York Times bestsellers list. I want to raise the profile of Budgetista. Like, don't play with me. We real out here. Done. But Molly Morris, in 10 years, I want this to be a billion-dollar business. I want to see her on every streaming platform. I want the babies to be wearing Molly Moore t-shirts and Molly Moore shoelaces. That doesn't happen, you know, without me attached to it. Like, y'all not going to make Molly Moore happen, and I'm just sitting, like, at home, like, that used to be me. So just consider that. (laughs) Like, ownership, ownership, ownership is really... um, it's really critical, especially in today's days and time, as you create things on different websites and, and partner with different organizations to try to maintain as much ownership as possible. So that's my brown boosty. Ah, that was a really good one. And it actually, thank you, because it reminded me of a really good boost that I could boost. But also, <laughs> as a freelancer myself now, part of my income, I have several streams of income, and one of them is when I want to, I will write articles for other websites. And even mm-hmm. just as a writer, I don't know if I should say this or not, but anyway, I wrote I wrote a pretty big piece for a pretty big site and and I was gonna get paid for it, but then I saw the contract and I was like, Yeah, I don't wanna sign that. Mm. And I don't need the money, so not gonna <laughs> sign it. And it's mine forever. It's not yours. <laughs> and it's been this ongoing thing because the language in these contracts, it is Girl. just like we I mean, who are these attorneys? Oh. They, we all own this in perpetuity and and worldwide. No, and no, like in all in the international, universe. No, in the have you seen that universe? Yes, you. <laughs> These words are ours. It was a, and meanwhile, I wrote the piece and then I shopped it around to different outlets. It wasn't like it was commissioned directly mm-hmm. from this particular outlet. Um, and I was like, no, I, you can keep the money. And I negotiated mm-hmm. like three times normally what they would have paid. And um, I'll, I'll take the, the accolade and the, the fact that I got my piece published on your site and we'll just call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a creator and, and especially even this, we talk about TikTok and people mm-hmm. creating, now they want to like, they want, there's a there's a business that's trying to trademark dances as intellectual property, mm-hmm. like a, a, chore- a choreography because these, a lot of black and brown creators mm-hmm. are making these huge dances go viral, which mm-hmm. has led to songs that weren't even, like people are talking about Jason Derulo now because he had a TikTok yes. song that went, like, where was he? Anyway, no shade, Jason Derulo. And, then- um, and they are, <laughs> like, we know your name. You did it. Yes. You got the jingle. But- as black people and brown people mm-hmm. in general, we have to like we have to focus on ownership and on that intellectual property and and actual tactics that you use to protect it. And that will bring me to my boost because I was just talking about this with a dear friend of ours called okay. Sandy Smith I love Sandy. from Yes I Am Cheap. Hey Sandy girl. And I I just love Sandy. She's a bucket full of sunshine and I don't know how she does all the things that she does with mm-hmm. a tiny human and being a, a landlord and all that. But one of her passion projects is the Elevate Money Conference, yes. which came about, I think the first conference was maybe last year or the year before. Um, uh, and yes. It's, right. And and she made it happen even through the pandemic. But mm-hmm. Elevate Money is really supposed to be a, a safe space for black and brown people to get together, hear from black and brown creators and influencers, and, and learn lessons about wealth building, creating a business and, and being empowered. And this year, she was supposed to host it in Tulsa, which you probably you, you might have heard, mm-hmm. supposed to host it in Tulsa. It was all set up, it was going to be at this amazing location. Um, but then you know, the Delta variant came to town, and she decided to no longer do the in person conference. And in fact, it was canceled altogether. But Sandy never lets <laughs> projects go, and she she has set such a high bar for herself, so she's decided to turn the conference into a free virtual conference. So it. if you're listening to this, you can check out Elevate Money. We'll post a link in the show notes and attend. It's going to be a free virtual online conference. I don't know none of the details, but I know Sandy, and I know it's going to be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And she and I were talking about, in one particular part of the conference, 
helping people understand how to get things trademarked, you yes. know, how to protect your IP. Girl, and oof. yeah, <laughs> by the way, brand ambitions trademark, you got it. Don't don't go for it. <laughs> um, you know, and, and how to how to own all of that. So that's what thanks for reminding me of that. And I'm really happy for Sandy that Elevate Money is happening. I will I will be there. Yes. And we'll post a link in the show notes so you guys can check it out and join for free. Yes, you know, we love free. But no, that's true. Because I like one of the best things I'm like a gift someone gave me was I remember it was like probably year one or two of the budgetista and they asked me if I had a trademark. I was like, no. And they were like, you should. I'm like, I don't have any money. And I think it was like $275. And I remember being like, I don't have any money. He was like, put it on a credit card. You know, I couldn't even afford an attorney, but he had trademarked his name. And I was just like, he said, come to, he was a musician and he was like, come to the studio. I'm going to walk you through online. So I literally sat and did it. Oh my gosh. I, it is the best thing I ever did because a year later I got a Google alert that said, um, meet the budgetista. And it was like traced back to the Wells Fargo website. And I was like, I'm on Wells Fargo. I wasn't. It was this beautiful Asian woman. I'm sure she's super nice. It wasn't me. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What do I do? And within 24 hours, it was down because clearly someone did their Googles and found the trademark belonged to moi. Wait, this is my face because I just remember what my real break was going to be. And it is so related. What is it? How did I forget this? Tiffany, did you see the drama on Instagram? There is an account. So first of all, there's an author. Shit, I'm going to get her name wrong. I don't want to get her. Hold on. Hold on. Now I'm thirsty for information. Oh my God. It's the tea. Okay. Ijioma Oluo. And I'm really sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Ijama. Did I, how did she's Ijama? Mm-hmm. That's my sister's she's name. Mm-hmm. Ijama. Beautiful name. Ijama Oluo. Oluo. Okay. Did mm-hmm. I, Oluo. Mm-hmm. She is the author of a very famous book called So You Want to Talk About Race. And Ijioma. Wait, did I do I, it wrong? Ijama. Again? Ijama. Thank you. Ijama. Yeah. Ijama. <laughs> She it's when you see things and you don't say them out loud and then you're on a podcast and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> oh, maybe I should have practiced Ijama. Anyway, so she is this famous author. And especially in, in the wake of 2020 last year, a lot of books about racism suddenly were soaring to the tops of, you know, bestsellers list mm-hmm. because a lot of people were very interested all of a sudden in talking about race, especially her book. And around that time, this other Instagram account became wildly popular called So You Want to Talk About. That was the name and it came to it came to be and it was all it's all very it's not led by a face it's just called so you want to talk about and every day or every other day they kind of created these these carousel posts of powerpoint slides talking about different issues a lot of things about race and racism but also politics social justice etc and it became wildly popular like three million followers popular and this author was People were joining this page, so you want to talk about, because they thought it was this author. Yes. And it turns out, of course, it's run by a white woman uh, whose name is Jess. And this came out this past week. I don't know if there was a particular incident because she's this controversy has kind of been there. Like people have known, hey, this is not really Ijama and this is not okay. And Ijama got on Instagram and she actually told her story of finding out about the account and really just kind of tucking it away and just saying, listen, I can't do anything about it. I'm just gonna, you know, go on my merry way. But because of so much backlash, and because so many people were were really, you know, fighting for Ijama and and wanting her to be, you know, to have some form of justice. Um, finally, the Jess, the founder of So You Want to Talk About, she decided to rename her handle. So it's a different name handle. And she's like, I'm putting my name out there. And she had this like very weak, weak disclaimer kind of shoved down in her Instagram bio that's mm-hmm. like not affiliated with the Gemma, you know, not okay. affiliated with that book. And she's but now it's a whole different name. And I just thought that that was, um, yeah, very similar because yeah. it's about so often it's like black creators, black artists, black writers, black entertainers who create something and it's ours. Right. And then it becomes you put a white face on it and a white name Elvis. or a white, you know. Oh, <laughs> <Elvis>. yes. The, <laughs> Lizzo said black people created rock and roll. Okay. Girl, you well, we know, single? please. You heard new single. Yeah. And it just, it continues to happen even today. And girl, let me tell that, you something. That Bitcoin, yes. you know, that dollar sign B Bitcoin, you know, I trademarked that a year before Bitcoin ever came out. Like that dollar sign B, I own 
that yeah because whenever I, I see that I think of you yeah because remember it used to be in all my yeah. stuff and yeah. I I didn't because I had never Bitcoin wasn't a thing I was like I literally had a dream and in the dream my sister was drinking from a mug and there was a dollar sign B on it and I was like what are you doing with my mug and then I woke up and I was like <laughs> sleeping on my my parents couch I was like oh that's my logo dollar sign B so I went if you go try, try, type in dollar sign B like it, it says owned by Tiffany Alicia. I still own it. I'm not giving up the, but there was nobody to sue because Bitcoin's not owned by anyone. So it's just really frustrating. You know, like I was just like, cause I was using it for like a year to two years. And then Bitcoin came out. Someone decided this is the artwork for it. And then it went crazy. And I just decided, you know, what do I do? Do I fight against this like machine thing? Or do I say that the real, the real, power is in my name, Budgetista, you know? And so I kind of like let it go. But yeah, that sucks. I mean, I own that. I own that Zalafine B, baby. Mm. I mean, that sounds like a <laughs> a whole like saga for another day, like finding the, no one can figure out who, who created Bitcoin. But in Ijama's case, at least, you know, she has, I mean, I don't think it'll, it can't undo because her social media following is a lot less. And, you know, how many people follow So You Want to Talk About thinking yeah, that it was Ijama it was her, yeah. because they read the book, you know, and that just mm -hmm. pisses me off. Really does. Even And I'm sure Jess said all the right things about how sorry she is, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still that privilege of just just even casually, oh, I didn't know any better. I just thought it was a good name. But to not have to think about that and to take something else that was the fruit of someone else's work and then turn it into your own, that is... <clears throat> colonialism, white supremacy, racism, <laughs> every day. We're living it even now. So to Tiffany's point, yes, try your best to protect your yes. IP. Yep. Yeah, for real. Yep. You, the, the, determine that you're going to be big time one day and what will you need? You know, what, what protection do you need now to make sure when you are big time, you're like, oh, no, no I own that. Whew. You know? So... Oh, this was a good show. So many hot takes, so much tea. Yeah. So little time. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all know what we say at the end of the show. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Yes. And it get clear. Share like, literally, the share the link. Like, don't just be like, oh, girl, listen to Brown Ambition. No, forget all that. Hey, girl. Send your favorite epi. Yes. Give, give your friend the link to the actual episode that you love so much. Matter of fact, give it to three different folks. Um, as you know, we do our BAQA on Fridays. So if you have any questions or just even feedback about this show or you want to submit a question, you can do so at brownambitionpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> or you can hit us up on IG. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast. We're also on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. We we post, Tiffany, I, I, I post on TikTok <laughs> at Brown Ambition. Snatch that one up before someone could grab Ooh, it. Oh, that was good. I said, we got a Brown Ambition TikTok. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They that's right. I didn't know. I that. lost it with IG and with Twitter, but I at TikTok I we got it. Brown Ambition on TikTok. Follow along. Thank y'all for another wonderful show. And we'll see y'all Friday for BAQA. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie Real Estate or Money Podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.